So the first time you asked me out, did you ever think you'd be doing intros for a podcast with me? I didn't even think you'd say yes. <laughs> Home to stand your ground. Hi, I'm Becca Clegg, and this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inner Alchemy Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the healing power of movement. And our guest today is Shauna Harrison. So Shauna is a graduate of Stanford, UCLA, and Johns Hopkins, and she simultaneously pursued academics and a fitness career, obtaining her PhD in public health and teaching fitness classes across the country. Through her unique style that blends her love for hip-hop, wellness, yoga, and knowledge of public health, Shauna has created a brand of her own. Not only is Shauna the creator of Muscle and Flow, she's an adjunct associate at Johns Hopkins and served as a panelist for multiple universities and organizations covering the subject of fitness, yoga, wellness, and public health. Shauna is also a member of the Mind Body Green Collective and a contributing writer for Self. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We are so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for you to be here too, because movement in particular has a special place in my heart. And when you're talking about um, healing in general, I don't think you can have that conversation without talking about movement, Um, being somatically Mm -hmm. trained and working and eating disorders. You know, the body is so involved in all of that, that it's, it's fundamental as far as I'm concerned. So can you tell us a little bit just about what brought you to where you are today and your relationship with movement as a healing modality? Yeah, I generally will say that my story is that I got into movement for all the wrong reasons and I stayed for all the right reasons. That's kind of my, my I little like that. spiel. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I played sports well, let me rephrase. I played a sport mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I played basketball and that was literally the only physical thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to high school, you know, I was at that point doing basketball, doing cheerleading, and then, you know, all of the type A, everything that happens. And I ended <laughs> up becoming anorexic and yeah. I basically did it through movement, right? So I started mm-hmm. going to the gym and taking classes and I was doing that in addition to basketball and cheerleading and like all of the things. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was definitely not the healthiest thing to do, not recommended. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of, I fell in love with the, the whole idea. I mean, I, like I said, I liked to play basketball and I really, mm-hmm. you know, liked cheerleading and like, I was obsessed with dance, even though I was not a dancer, I just was obsessed <laughs> with like watching it. Uh-huh. So there was something about movement itself that was really, really like tangible for me. Mm -hmm. And obviously like, if that's the thing that brought me into this very unhealthy place, it kind of seems like maybe you shouldn't go there. But I did end up sort of using movement in a different way and sort of just reframing it for myself, even though like, that's not Mm -hmm. how I intended on doing it, but that's what happened. I ended up reframing it for myself so that it became how I got connected to my body and to myself and learned how to respect my body and what it could do and 
really just be constantly curious and, you know, grateful for what I was able to do. Um, And I'm not saying that I was able to do all kinds of like amazingly crazy things. I mean, to some degree sometimes, but you know, just in general, it's like, it's such a, it's such a gift to just be able to like feel in your body. Um, And then over the years, that's just increased like tenfold, you know, going through grad school and going through a bunch of issues that I've had with my, my dad and my family and, you know, just uh, like a bunch of identity issues and which that in particular, you know, nothing will bring you into yourself more than a tangible thing like movement, you know, it just really pulls you into who you are. And when you don't know who you are, because either the world is telling you something or Mm -hmm. you learn something that you didn't know before. And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Or you decide to make some sort of change or something like COVID happens and all of a sudden everything. (laughs) There's that. Right. Yeah. Then, you know, I think we can all kind of relate to that. Like, who am I (laughs) kind of a situation. Um, And so, you know, movement has always kind of been my, my anchor in, in all of that. And that's, that's kind of how I, I got here, but it just like keeps going, you know, like it it just becomes more and more powerful, I think as the years go on. And as I am able to like really tap into different aspects of it and appreciate it for different reasons. Mm. I love what you're saying about how you were able to transform something that was once harmful into something that was actually the healing itself. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think about this a lot when you think about uh, working in eating disorders, a lot of times in early recovery, the people are not able to access movement or that's restricted because of, you know, medical issues and being compromised. But it's, it's so, I'm so aware that that is part of what needs to happen. And so it's this fine line. And to have someone like you who can talk about from a, you know, sort of already having been through the process place of how it is possible to re-engage with movement, that's such a hopeful message. Because a lot of people think if I go into eating disorder, if I go into recovery, I'm not going to be able to have my exercise or do these things. And I don't think that has to be an all or nothing. So I love that you're saying that. Yeah, you know, and it is it is a tricky thing because, you know, anyone who's experienced any kind of disordered eating or, you know, something similar kind of pattern you know how easy it is to just go back to those patterns, right? Mm-hmm. You, the, you know those patterns mm-hmm. and you are, you're really good at them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so for sure. It's, it's, yeah. It takes a very conscious and subconscious, but like an extremely conscious effort to yeah. check yourself to make sure that you're, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect all the time, but like, no, you sure. know, I, 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 I am very aware that I have, I have to, pay attention. I don't get yeah. to just sit back and be like, ah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I, have, I think also yeah. the gratitude for your body and that sort of thing, which leads me to another question I have. And that is, well, I happened to be looking at your website when I was doing research on this. And I noticed there was a article, I believe, where you talked about the seriously overlooked aspects of movement and sort of <laughs> that, that real deep healing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, I think and that's so multi-level too, because, you know, I, I come from a public health background. And so when we look at movement, you know, and I, one of the courses that I, one of the only course at the moment that I teach for Hopkins (laughs) is, is basically on the wellness industry and public health. And it's one of the things is like how we even 
like define movement and what we call it, Mm -hmm. you know, in public health, it's physical activity, it's movement, it's whatever, and fitness, it's fitness, you know, it's like a very, you know, and all of those words have connotations with them. So, you know, being in the fitness industry, and I've been in the, I've been in the fitness industry longer than I've been in public health, Mm -hmm. but I always was looking at it, I think, from a public health lens without realizing it. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a, again, it's a really tricky thing because mm-hmm. fitness will promote it as a completely aesthetic, you know, yeah. thing that like the only benefit is that you're going to get a six pack and have a bikini body and you need right. XYZ products in order to be able to do that. And like public health looks at it, like when you move your body, you are setting yourself up for you know, better overall health when it comes to chronic disease, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these other factors that contribute to, you know, a longer lifespan. I don't know. I kind of think that's a little bit better than a bikini body. I don't don't know. You know, like it's- I totally agree with you. Yes. Oh gosh. And, you know, it brings into light this co-op, like they, they, the industry and culture has stolen something that is so- I think fundamental to all of us and made it about just this one thing. And the, the, the saddest part for me about that is that I think, you know, especially now because we've become so wrapped up in the image and imagery because of social media and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when, when people look at movement as either like a punishment or a thing that they have to do in order to be able to fit into whatever it is they want to fit into or look a certain Mm -hmm. way or whatever. It it gives a different meaning to that movement when, when really that should be such like you were, like we're talking about such a healing, such a, you know, beautiful thing that your body requires, you know, I mean, we all have different abilities and capabilities, you know, but in some in some regard, you know, your your body wants to move. It just might not. Everybody yeah. doesn't move the same way. But um, sure. And that's the other thing is that, like, I think <laughs> fitness makes it. You know, I think fitness is extremely able bodied. So you know, they make it seem like mm-hmm. this is exactly what you need to do in order to be fit. Whereas not everybody falls into those. You know, same like regards right so it's like that could mean something completely different for someone else right absolutely well you're bringing up such a good point like ableism and also just the sort of uh, myopic scope that oftentimes fitness will present movement through as opposed to you know in my world we've got sort of the health at every size perspective which is really more about movement for health as opposed to having it be just about monitoring weight and this idea uh, we use the term joyful movement a lot because Mm -hmm. exercise is so negatively connotated so it's it's essentially the same thing but the idea is you know remember when you were a kid you used to like run around just for the hell of it you know that kind of joyful movement like where do you have that in life um unfortunately because so many of us sit at a desk and then think we have to go walk on a treadmill you know it's it's all been robbed and i just it's a shame i can tell you so i've been injured and i just I I had sprained my ankle very badly and didn't realize at the same time I broke my foot. So like I just got cleared. It's almost healed. And I got cleared to jump rope like literally three days ago. And it was like in the afternoon that I got cleared. The next morning I woke up like I was a kid on Christmas. I was like, I get to jump rope. And I was like bouncing off the walls. 
you know, and it's, it's, yeah. it's that, that mm-hmm. I have learned that is so like, it's such a, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. To me, it's like, I legitimately get that excited about oh. being able to do the things that I love in my body. Like I yes. can't wait to be able to run a hill. I can't yes. wait, you know, and I love you know, it, it's, and it's like, I think that that's, that's where I really started to use it as a way to like, kind of, I don't want to say completely get rid of, but like, you know, silence some of the previous behaviors that I had mm-hmm. was in that curiosity of like, I didn't think I could do a pull up. I didn't think I could do a headstand. I didn't think I could run. I, you know, like all of these mm-hmm. things. And it's like, when you learn that, you know, you can, and you can train yourself to do that. And it's really so much like, so much beyond <laughs> just, I need to like exactly. do X amount of time so that I burn X amount of calories. It's just, I just yes. want to go. I just want to try it. I just, yes. you know, and it's like that kid thing yes. and kids, yeah. kids are the best examples of it. Aren't they? I know. You've ne- I've never seen a kid you had to tell, Hey, why don't you? Well, I, I actually, I back up these days. I think some with somewhat t- with screen addiction and stuff, but for the most part, kids are dying to get moving. And again, I think unfortunately our culture does have a way of, I don't know, robbing us of that. So people such as yourself and other people who are bringing back this perspective are so, in my opinion, so needed. So, so, so needed in, again, like social media, pop culture, not just in the academic sphere where we're talking about, you know, eating disorders and that thing. I just, I noticed that there's slight change in the narrative. Hopefully that's true. I know it, it, I tend to be in my own bubble, but I think that more and more people are starting to recognize that it's about so much more than, you know, shrinking your waistline or flat abs. Um, and with COVID, you brought up COVID. It's this thing that we all can be doing. And I know COVID is somewhat kind of, we're getting vaccinated and it's coming to an end. But, you know, when you're alone in your house and you don't have access to the outside or the gym, you can move, you know, you, you can do mm-hmm. that to feel better. And I just think it's this tool we all have um, that so many people don't recognize. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, I think that's a, that it, that's a little tricky too, because, you know, I think we all also kind of came at this COVID situation with different things, right? Some of, mm-hmm. some people don't actually have the time because they're essential workers and they have to work even That's more valid. now or have, mm-hmm. have had to work even more now than, <laughs> than they valid. had in the past, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But I, I also do think that if there's a way for someone to get in something, mm-hmm. whatever that is, mm-hmm. to give themselves a moment to reconnect with themselves, you know, that's only going to help in whatever, you know, fight they need to fight during this crazy time because there's so many to fight. (laughs) Such a valid point. I'm I'm actually glad you brought that up because I I was remiss in not saying that. And and yes, everybody is in a very different situation. I think the idea that the body is the resource or a tool, even Mm -hmm. if all you can do is maybe stretch when you get in bed at night. Um, the idea of just how we can relate to our body, I think that's a powerful takeaway. You know, this is bringing me to a question that I always ask my guests, and that is if an audience listener is recognizing that they feel a little stuck around movement in their life, um, I know exercise resistance and feeling that resistance can be a big thing. What's one thing you might recommend that they do to maybe be able to tap into some of that energy you were talking about, that childlike energy? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I get this question in, in, in a couple different forms all mm-hmm. the time, you know, like how can, how can someone start, right? Yeah. Essentially, essentially it, or come back to, um, and the biggest thing for me is starting with something that you like. If you hate running and you're like, I need to run 10 miles because so-and-so <laughs> told me whatever, like you're going to hate it and you're not going to enjoy mm-hmm. it. And there's going to be none of that. You're not going to wake up like, I get to run, you know, like, cause you don't like it. No, you're not. So, right. <laughs> you know, it's, I think the first thing is to find something that you like, even if you're not good at it, quote unquote, right. Just find something mm-hmm. that you like. And like, you know, the very, very cliche one step at a time, I think is also super important. You know, I think mm-hmm. where people get caught up is in, in trying to do something they, they really just dislike. You may come back and you may love something that you hated. I hated running and now I am dying to get mm-hmm. back to running, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's that. And then I think it's, you know, biting off more than you can chew in the, in the sense of, picking a goal that is really overwhelming for your, either for your brain or your emotions or your body, mm-hmm. any of those things. If it's, if it's too overwhelming, the thought of getting up to go and do that is just like, Oh, I don't have it in me today. But if yeah. you're like, I'm going to do one squat, pretty mm-hmm. sure you could make that happen. Assuming that, that there's no injuries involved in that, you know, sure. like one, whatever it is, you know, yeah. um, And, you know, that's something that, that even post injury I've had to do, right? Like having to build back, I've had, you know, this is now my third sort of major injury. Mm -hmm. So coming back from an injury, you have, you have to like come back to that mindset. And the beautiful thing about coming from that space is that it's almost like, like a clean slate, you know, like if you're starting from, I don't really move at all. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's just like, like, that's beautiful. You can just, you can just you have everything out in front of you. Like, that is such you, you a know, great mindset shift. You know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just this, like all of those firsts mm. are the things that you're going to remember down the line. You're going to like, I remember the first time I did a pull up. I remember the first time I did a handstand. I remember the first time I was able to like go for a run and not like worry about what my time was or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. there, those are all the things that like, you just don't forget those. And so it's like, yeah. you're, you're at the point where you get to decide what those <laughs> things are going to be. Um, and then you just get to continue to enjoy them. I love that. That mindset shift is so fantastic. Thank you for reminding me of that because that really is, I mean, Zen mind, beginner's mind, right? Like you start from this like blank slate, but it's such a, I don't know. I just love the perspective shift that it gives people, especially when your history has been just chock full of real negative relationship with exercise. I I just love that. On that note about making it fun and making it, bringing in that childlike energy, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit and go into the rapid fire questions because I tried to make them a little bit about moving. Um, So one of the things I love to do always when I'm moving is usually have a soundtrack of some sort. So I was just wondering what's on your playlist these days? What are your favorite songs to move? So I'm a big hip hop head. So Uh really everything I listen to is hip hop. (laughs) Uh, kind of depends on, I'm also really crazy about my playlist. Like I specifically make them for the kind of workout that I'm going to do, the oh, kind no, of class that. that I'm teaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have it be like an arc, right? So there's like a warm up. there's like the hard stuff and then they like kind of cool down. So um, I, I 
typically for my workouts, I have a lot of like, especially if I'm running hills and things like that, it's a lot of like Jay Z and Busta mm-hmm. Rhymes and you know Eminem <laughs> and a lot of yeah. like just ah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also I'm also old school hip hop head. Uh, sure, so it's, I come from you know when you grow up in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, for sure. You You're just speaking my language. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. So really, uh, anything, anything hip hop is, is what gets me. And that's honestly like the connection of movement to music for me is also what has been so imperative because it's like, that's what I, that's what I crave the most is like being able to move to music. Even if I, like I said, I'm not a dancer, but like in my own way, like I'm moving with the music. Oh, I think it is. I think there's something yeah. to it. It's so funny during uh, COVID, during quarantine, I was able to connect to a friend of mine in Austin who does joyful movement to dance. And I mean, it's to music rather. And um, essentially it's dance. I mean, it's not choreographed, trust me. It's just whatever comes up, but we've been doing it on Zoom and with a bunch of uh, people out of Austin. And I laugh because I tell folks, I'm going to my dance class, but it's just movement. It's mm-hmm. just because that was all we had. To, and it's just fun. It's just fun. So yeah. um, I, I too love the music part. Another way I wanted to kind of bring movement into this is, and, and I think I'm also obsessed with thinking about travel being that we haven't been able to lately, <laughs> but getting out and moving about. So where's one place that you would go back to time and time again and never get bored? So I have a place where I train here in the Bay Area that I go to. I've been going to like once a week for years, except when I'm injured. So again, something that I'm craving right now where I'm just like, I can never get enough of it. And it's like, it's in San Francisco and it's uh, at Baker Beach. There's like a set of like really ridiculous stairs that are in sand. Mm. So it's stairs, it's sand. <laughs> it's re- it's oh, really wow. hard, but it's uh-huh. at the beach and it's beautiful. So it's it's become this thing where it's it's more emotional and mental for me to just show up at this beach and just to be there and absorb mm. all of that and kind of be in my own space in my own world. And the Golden Gate Bridge is right there. I mean, it's just beautiful. Uh, so oh yeah, gosh. something like that is always you know, and I also recommend that for people who are going to try to run or whatever, like find a place that like feels like that to you. where You're just like, I just want to be there. I don't really care what I'm doing there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so powerful because again, it's not about the exercise, is it? It's about the experience. Yeah. That's incredibly powerful. So I asked the next question of all of my guests and it's become my favorite, but, um, what is one piece of advice you would give your 14 year old self? Oh, I would hug her first because she was, that was a, the, about the time that I was, mm. you know, getting to the eating disorder in, mm. in all, almost its full glory. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those people who I don't really, I would never go back and change anything because I think one thing leads to the next and that's how I'm here, you know, and most of the things that were really painful and really hard have become such cornerstones in in what I'm able to offer to the world. So, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything for that 14 year old, but I would, I would just, I literally would just hug her and be like, Mm. you're going to be fine. (laughs) It'll be okay. (laughs) Um, But you know, I wouldn't want to tell her anything that would spoil it either. You know, like at 14, I'm just trying to get into Stanford because I think that that's all that my life (laughs) is going to be about. And I wouldn't want to tell her that you get in. So calm down. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I hear that. you. I, you know, it's interesting. 
I've gotten more I would hug hers than you would imagine, which I love because I think it's it's just a beautiful message. But your answer is really I, I like your answer because it also speaks to how the story is cumulative, right? And how yeah. these things that might feel like the dark night of dark night of the soul, rather, you know, it's it's this hard to remember that like the story's not over and, and I'll have to remind myself of that the next time I'm in one of them, but it's, it's, there's always that light at the end of the tunnel and usually there's something to come out of it. So thanks for reminding us of that. Um, Listen, I I want you to take an opportunity just to kind of tell the listeners where they can find you and, and what you've got going on so we can share that with the world. Yeah. I mean, they probably the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time and that's at Shauna. Shauna underscore Harrison. Um, yeah, my website also has, I, right now I'm, I've been teaching free classes uh, since the pandemic started online. So I don't oh, think wow. I'll stop doing that anytime soon just because I get people from all over that even when I resume back into the actual room, uh, some of those people won't be able to come. So um, oh, I teach wow. Tuesdays and Sundays and it's my signature class. It's called Muscle and Flow. It's all hip hop music <laughs> and it's yoga mixed with a bunch of different things. It's really fun. I love um, it. Yes. Yeah. And I am writing a book. Uh, it's a, very far Are from you? being completed. Yeah. And it actually has to do with identity and movement and kind of what we were talking about. So it's really interesting. Oh, yeah. That wow. you were asking those questions because I was like, oh, this is... <laughs> Maybe I'm doing something good here. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yes. No, I, I, yes, absolutely. And I absolutely love that you're doing those classes. One of the things, the reason this podcast came to be was because I kept thinking, oh my gosh, everybody's stuck in their house. Like we got to get these resources out because everybody was feeling it. Right. And so, you you know, you were doing that too. And so we're going to add that to our resource list for sure. Um, because there's so, so many great people doing so many great things. Well, listen, thank you so much for being here. And again, movement is a special place in my heart. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk to our guests about it and hopefully inspiring all of us just to reframe our relationship with movement. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As always, thanks for being with us for this week's episode. If you like what you heard and you think we've earned it, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Metrics like downloads and reviews are how podcasts get noticed in the busy online world, and we truly value your help in helping us spread the word about healing. Also, if you resonate with this podcast and are interested in learning more, join us in our community group, the Inner Alchemist Society. This group is a free resource where you can connect with other inner alchemists, people like you who want to be more creative and less reactive in their life. We offer resources, accountability, and monthly groups to help keep you connected to the magic inside of you. You can go to my website, RebeccaClegg.com today to get access. We look forward to seeing you there.